my life. My name is Brennan, and joining me tonight is Jess. Hello, hello. And Nicole. Hi. And tonight we're doing The Trio of the Chicago 7, the new Netflix film by Aaron Sorkin. Uh, we did a movie of his earlier this year, Molly's Game. We are all, uh, the three of us as well as Mama K, fans of that film. He has also written a million things. People probably know The West Wing and Newsroom, big famous TV shows. He's also written films like Moneyball and Social Network. Uh, so he is uh, well known in uh, Hollywood circles. He's been making stuff for a long time. Uh, and Trial of Chicago 7, it's based on real events that happened at the 1968 Democratic Convention. Uh, so I, I knew about this movie going in because I'm a huge Sorkin fan and I knew about the real events. So I was excited to see this one. I haven't been this excited for a while, actually. So, Nicole, did you know anything about the movie or the true events going in at all? No. <laughs> I don't Just... know you ask us this because I, we don't do this. <laughs> Sometimes you yeah. guys do, though. Sometimes it surprises me, you know? No, I, I've never been a Vietnam War buff. I've never really known any uh, information about it. Um, that's for some reason that's not really one of the wars I feel like we get taught in school. Yeah, we we sometimes get like that's like the last thing sometimes we get to because a lot of history in school is like history, history. Like usually, like World War Two is probably the last big one. I I got taught this stuff in school, but I don't I don't know. I it's probably just depends on how far you got that year of whatever whatever mm-hmm. year of history that was. Just any any knowledge of the film or the events. No surprises here, big old <laughs> egghead. <laughs> I'm surprised you guys hadn't heard of the actual real events, um, but okay. I was no, also never fine. one to listen to, like, big news stories when I was younger either. Not uh, Now I am. Now I really am in, you know, interested Yeah, now in you bring like up this stuff all the time, that's why I was surprised. Yeah, though. but never before. Well, the trial of the Chicago 7, the story of seven people on trial stemming from various charges surrounding the uprising at the 1968 Democratic National Convention in Chicago, Illinois. It's pretty much what I already said, but that's what this is about. Uh, It's a star-studded cast full of people you will probably recognize. When I say a lot of people, I mean there's like 30 people, 40 people. I mean, we'll try to stick to the main characters when we talk about the characters. Um, it's about two hours and change, two hours, 10 minutes, I believe. And it's on Netflix right now. So, uh, this is a big movie. It's getting solid critical and user scores. I'm going to, I'm not going to say my opinions on it yet, but I, I'm going to guess this is going to get Oscar stuff based on just who makes it, who's in it, the kind of, uh, things it's talking about, very relevant. So if you haven't seen the trial of the Chicago seven, uh, we're going to spoil it like we always do. So go check it out on Netflix now. Probably one of the top ten movies in, on that Netflix thing. Uh, we're spoiling it now. We rate things here at Films with the Women in My Life based on four criteria, and those are the plot, the characters, the visual and sound, and the overall resonance and feel of the movie. Uh, we start with an intro to the seven people, well, really eight people we're going to follow, uh, and let's let's name them off here. There's a couple of groups. Uh, Tom Hayden and R- Rennie Davis are the first group we're introduced to. That's Eddie Redmayne and Alex Sharp. They are uh, in charge of like the Young Democratic Society. Uh, the names are going to be hard to get, but they're like the more suit suit wearing young people looking for like left change. They were the students, right? Yeah, they were the students. So they were uh, yeah. SDS. SDS. That was the thank you, thank you. Then we are introduced to a more radical uh, group of individuals, and that's Abby Hoffman. And uh, his associate is oh, Jerry. who's this? Jerry, yeah, Jerry Rubin. Uh, and they are the <laughs> sure yippies. You watch this? 
Well, so I'm looking at the names. <laughs> There's a lot of names. I have to try to remember who, which, who. I, when you see them, it's very obvious who's on whose side, but. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of names. Abby and Jerry, and they're in charge of the Yippies, uh, which is a like they're super like left, but they're also like uh, like satirical. They do a lot of like like funny kind of things. Um, they're probably the most radical members of the group. Uh, then you have an older member of the group, uh, and that is David Dillinger, which they do not pronounce correctly often. John Carroll Lynch's character, he uh, he's one of the more experienced uh, protesters. Uh, he was involved in World War II protests all the way up through now. Uh, and then you have a couple of smaller characters that don't get as much. Uh, Lee and John, they're going to be in the trial. So that's your seven. Uh, add in an eighth member, Bobby Seal, the leader of the Black Panther Party, played by Yaha Abdul-Mantin. Uh, and he uh, is in a couple of big movies and TV shows that have come out recently. I think he has an Emmy nomination. There's your eight. Uh, and they're all going to go on trial because, uh, well, we learned that there is a giant riot that happened at the 1968 Democratic National Con- Convention. Uh, police are involved. They might have caused it. We uh, we have to learn that as we go. There are also several prosecutors, uh, but I'm not just going to keep naming people. We're going to have to wait for the characters to do that. It's a trial movie, and it also shows flashes back to the actual events. Uh, that's the best I can do to start without getting any wordier. Nicole, what did you think of the plot of this movie? Um, well, right now, in October of 2020 in America, this kind of feels fitting to, to watch, does it not? No, it's, it's, I, they filmed this, I think, in October of 2019, so they just kind of got, lucky is not the right word, but uh, they I mean, got the timing right, so. Yeah, yeah, this feels very, uh, it feels very similar to what's happening in the in the culture of, of our world right now. Um, so to see that this is not a new idea, that peaceful protests and riots, if you must, and police brutality and fighting the big man are not new concepts and i'm sure that we're all aware of that but just to see you know it was extreme at at so many times in american history and world history um to have that put into a movie where we can watch it now and feel so um connected to it is really interesting it's a really interesting idea. Like uh, the fact that he made this movie a year ago just shows that this could happen at any time for any reason. And this movie, particularly talking about the Vietnam war. And if you do have any background on <clears throat> the Vietnam war, how it was, how things were in America, you do know that there were so many young people and college students protesting this war make love not war like these these big these things that you think of are come from from the the protest of of violence and bombs and things like that so to have that and to feel some some sort of connection as, as me being a uh person in her 20s wasn't around for that for the vietnam war but knowing that there were people that the that felt so strongly about something um, and that they were put on this trial because of what they believed in. And there's one, one particular person says, I'm on trial for my ideas. I'm on, I'm not on trial for doing anything wrong. I'm on trial for my ideas. And that's really, uh, a striking thing. So I think that the plot of this movie is, is very important for a lot of people to know that this, this isn't new. 
Um, so I'm going to give it a four for the plot. What do you got, Jess? Ugh, this one was hard for me. Um, not because uh, I'm not... No. <laughs> not because it's, it's, I don't care about the cause or anything. Uh, it's just the way the movie was filmed and how it was projected. It's, I'm not good at following these kinds of things. Um, I mean, I did, I did pick up on some parts of it, but it was like another dark, darkest hour for me. Which is a shame because I, I really did want to like it. And I did like like the majority of all the the courthouse race movies that we have reviewed but for some reason this one i just i couldn't follow it the scene just went by way too fast and i like i explained and i'm like all right how how do we get here or like where are we now like what are they doing i'm just gonna go ahead and say i was not smart enough for this um (laughs) i don't know know if that's it's a smartness. I th- I put you on the any any of the four of us could have done this one. I put you on because I th- you really liked Molly's game so much, and that's very similarly made to this. Yeah, I don't really know why fast, I, I couldn't fast talking. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, it was way over my head. Um, I mean, obviously, I, I did pick up on the major themes and I got the big idea. But just going, if you were to tell me, you know, tell me what happened from start to beginning, it would just be like a. I, I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I hate to give it a bad review because it's a good movie. It's just the style is not fit for me. So I'm, I'll give it a 3.5. Uh, I, I, yeah, I'm not surprisingly going to probably have to be the, the full champion of this. This is the be- maybe the best movie I've seen this year. Um, it's I, I, had no, I can have trouble following movies. We just did Shirley last week. I had no idea what the fuck was happening in that whole movie. This was way more stuff, way more packed in. And I followed pretty well everything that was happening. I could follow the timeline of events. Again, this is based on real events, but some of the facts have been played around a little, with a little bit. We'll, we'll talk about that when that comes, when those moments come up. Uh, but I could always tell, like, this, like, we have seven or eight people on trial and i always knew who was who and whose side who was on despite me not remembering their names when you see them it's very obvious who's what kind of people these all are i could tell the lawyers and their personal backgrounds the judge you can you could tell what his deal is uh even the smaller characters like the well i will will talk about the judge uh but like the, the former and current attorney general there's a bunch of smaller parts that are in here uh you get also um uh, Fred Hampton gets included in here. He is uh, the chapter leader of the Black Panthers in Chicago. He has his own whole story that could be its own whole movie that they kind of insert in here. Um, but it's I thought it was pretty easy to follow despite how much there was and despite like how often it's cutting between the courtroom and then cutting to what like the actual events of the days at the at the convention and then it also cuts to like all these like like satirical like political stand-up bits by Abby Hoffman who is the, in real life probably the most famous member that's Sasha Baron Cohen's character he's the most he's the person people remember the most from from the seven um I could follow this really well and it's Aaron Sorkin writing which I it's it's a love or hate kind of thing it's really fast it's really like wit wit uh, joke at the end kind of thing but it's all very like like non-stop rapid fire and i love that uh keeps me engaged the whole time he makes all these movies that should be super like moneyball and social network should be boring as hell they're about stats and a guy who made a social network company and it's just they should be so boring but they're not even molly's game by a less skilled filmmaker would be so boring but the way he writes makes these dry courtroom big 
big tycoon ego kind of people arguing over their ideals. It makes them interesting. Uh, and I, I love this and I like the plot. Uh, I'm going to give it a four or five. I have already named the seven slash eight uh, members. There is also a few people we haven't talked about yet. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who is Richard Schultz. He is the prosecutor uh, in this case. Uh, he's a conflicted gentleman. We'll learn more about him. Uh, we also have Mark Rylance playing William Kunstler. Uh, he is the defense lawyer. Uh, they each also have another defense and prosecuting lawyer, but they don't get as much speaking or screen time. Uh, of course, the judge, played by Frank Langella. Uh, big, big time actor. Been around for a long time. Uh, Julius Hoffman is his character's name. And then lots of smaller characters. I think the only other major one I want to mention is Fred Hampton, played by Kelvin Harrison Jr. That is the leader of the Black uh, Black Panther Party chapter, and he uh, uh, does not meet a, a good end. Not a, not a good end at all. Um, smaller characters we can mention here, but overall feelings on the characters. Back to you, Jess. Could you, could you follow who was who? Did you like anyone? Did you, did you... Despite there being a very famous cast, I recognize a few faces. I'm like, okay, I think I've seen them before. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is the only one I'm like, yep, that's him. I know who that is. Mm -hmm. Everyone else, I'm (laughs) like, they look familiar. I've seen them somewhere. I think maybe, maybe not. But he was the only one that was like, oh, yeah, he's my friend. I recognize him on the screen. Sasha Baron Cohen was a Borat, just in case you could. I mean. Never saw Borat. Uh, But you know what that guy is. He's the, he, he makes all those crazy characters. No, I don't know. I, I think it was cast really well. I mean, the acting was great. And I think who really, I guess, when I think of characters, what I think of the most is that evil judge um, and mm-hmm. how unfair he was to everyone and just it, totally just against the law and how he has the capability of demanding these things or treating people that way. You wonder, like, how is this even possible? And you're even, you're, like stuff like that happens all the time and it's just we learn from these movies that it's um crazy how all that goes on um i also liked the two couple of hippies they were hilarious um and <laughs> the they, they really well not the hip what are they called the, the ones they're called that, the yippies not the hippies but yeah you, you're talking about the ones with the crazy hair and they make the jokes yeah the suits. and the one yeah. that caught the egg in the beginning I love that part. <laughs> I know. It's just so random. Don't you like that yeah. it comes around full circle, too? When he meets the undercover woman and she makes a joke about a single egg? Yeah, it's pretty good. I didn't good. catch that. What? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and let's see. The, uh, I forgot his name. What is it? Bobby, Bobby Seal, who was mm-hmm. in the, the, the Black Panther leader. Yeah. yeah. It, it was, those scenes were hard to watch. Um, yes. Well, I guess we'll talk about that more, maybe in the visual and sound. But so, uh, yeah. despite me being hard to remember all these characters and all these faces, I, I think they did a good job. Um, so I think I'm also just going to give it a 3-5. What do you got, Nicole? Uh, yeah, I can see, Jess, why you would feel like this movie was overwhelming. There's a lot of like side steps that we take. Um to get to these courtroom scenes like there's a lot of things with the black panther party that are brought up and when we learn about the death of um hampton 
And we see what happens to Bobby Seals when he's getting detained. And all these things add more stuff for us to take in that I don't want to say it was unnecessary because I don't feel like that. I feel like it might have maybe distracted us too much to try to get to the bottom of what we're what this goal of this movie was, was to show this this trial of these people. And if we think it was necessary or not. Uh, so I can I can see why you think it was too much. I I do I kind of feel like that too. All in all, I think that I I do agree with you that it was cast really really well. Um, I think everybody who was chosen for their respective roles did a great job. Um, I my I think my favorite character in this is um, Kunstler, the lawyer, the defense lawyer. Yeah. Uh, I think that he did a really, really great job in keeping us, uh, you know, keeping himself straight, keeping his his people straight, um, listening to them and not and standing up for them, even though, you know, Bobby didn't want him to be his voice. He still kind of was, even when he said his lawyer is not here. That's enough for him, for the judge to back off. So I think that he was very important to this whole thing. I think he was probably one of my favorites. Um, I also like uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's Levitt's character too, just because we can totally see right through him <laughs> his transparency of of being not not wanting to be in this position. They, he even says that in the beginning. He's like, I really don't want to fight this. I don't think he, you know, he didn't believe it at all. But to be asked to be on a on a case like this to define his career how how are you going to say no and that's where his like turmoil came internally i think so i think that both of them did a really good job acting their respective roles the judge was so aggravating to watch that it like <laughs> ma- makes you angry to watch this movie knowing that these that these people went through this like they it was it wasn't fair at all it really wasn't and the fact that they couldn't defend themselves properly with having the the jury in the room at certain times and all this stuff it's like how the fuck did people get away with this like you just think about when this happened in the 60s like this is bullshit but that's how i guess that's how it was and it just makes you so angry so they really pulled really pulled me in at least uh into the courtroom and feeling angry sitting there as uh, you know, a witness to this, and or if you were sitting there as a as a Black Panther member and watching him come out hobbled, and you just know that your your life's work is to try to stop this. Like all the people, everybody in the movie, I think was there for a purpose. So I'm actually going to give the characters a five. Yeah, I I really don't know how I can't give the characters a five. Um, it's the strength of the movie is seeing all the all these actors who I know. I would say like 70, 80% of them, pretty much all at the top of their games. I don't even know who's going to get nominated. I just know there will be nominations. Like, there's just so many choices. Like, you, like, like Nicole said, you could absolutely pick uh, the lawyer, uh, William Kunstler. He's a, he's got some great moments in here. And even though he's not at the forefront with some of the other guys, he, like, he has some great moments. And, you know, the front runners, you got to think Abby Hoffman, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's character. Like, that's, that's a big presence. That was the, the big character that many people today, 
uh, remember. Uh, Bobby Seale will, will get attention. Uh, he's got some really powerful scenes of Abdul Mah- uh, uh, Mateen's character. Um, but, like, the list could go on. Frank Langella as the judge, what a horrible prick he gets to play. Like, what a <laughs> what a horrible, like, easy-to-root-against villain he is. He's so <laughs> just, he's like the epitome. And and when, when you know, we get later on, the Attorney General comes in, played by, uh, in the cameo of Michael Keaton, and all of a sudden he's, like, kissing up, and he's like, oh, excuse yeah. me, I, I must hold you in contempt of court if you keep that speech. Like, this whole time, like, he's just a kiss-ass to power, and, like, he's so spineless, and he's just ruling over his little his little courtroom, which this was, even at the time, known as, like, a farcical trial. It was predetermined that the judge was completely biased, and they were going to... They were just looking to punish somebody. Uh, even those other two guys who were on the trial, uh, uh, Lee and Lee and well, John... They, they, they even knew what that was about. Yeah, they put, took two guys who are much smaller figures. They weren't leaders. They they put, put them in, and I I looked it up in real life. They they were involved in the, the Molotov cocktail making stuff, which is kind. Of, we see that a little bit at the beginning, but that's why they threw them in. Uh, eventually, they were not included in the final in um, sentencing, but. Like, it's just, like, at the time it was a sham, and it feels like a sham, and, like, it just feels like, like, kangaroo court, like, nothing's, everyone's going all over the place, but the performances are all, like, like, real powerful, Uh, and I like one of the underrated uh, fights is Abby and, and Tom when they're having, like, their ideological fight in the um, where are they? When they're in that room, they're in, like, the the meeting room before, like, afterwards. Like the house that they're all staying in. Yeah, they're all hanging out in like one of like their one of their like headquarters or something. Yeah. And Abby and Tom have their fight and like, and you know this is written today, so obviously like it's written with our perspective. But Tom hates that how Abby makes their cause look like a mockery, and Abby hates that Tom is trying to play within these system rules when that's part of the problem. Like it's it's a it's a good uh you know battle that people on you know who are on the left currently ha- are having within within their themselves so it's good representations all excellent performances i could go on for for a million years but let's keep it as brief as we can five i i can't say enough good things uh visual and sounds lots of striking visual and sound for a movie that's mostly in a courtroom uh, but there's some good protesting scenes i think the scene with uh with bobby seals uh uh getting chained to his chair is going to be talked about back to you nicole what do you think of the visual and sound yeah, uh, it definitely is a movie that needs to um, highlight certain things outside of its main place of interest, which is the courtroom. But they de- definitely do an excellent job of it. I actually really um, appreciate that they used, uh, it looked like real footage. I would assume that that was real footage. Yeah, um, the black and white footage, they intercut with uh the like their footage to make it to i think it I think just it works really too. adds that surreal feeling like yeah this fucking happened <laughs> and these are the people that are that were paying the price for uh whatever they believed in so just to have that there and to have the people there you know as actors of course but you know um really is right. is an interesting feeling you know for them to put in this movie very hard to watch it as as we've said what happened to Bobby and it just shows that, you know, these guys had, had something to say and, and they were, they weren't going to take no for an answer. And I just loved the visual of the judge asking Bobby, are you going to step down? If I take this thing off of your face, will you be quiet? And he shakes his head. No. 
and of, uh, of course he's not he's got he has a voice and will not let anybody take it away from him so um that was a really impactful moment the one thing that i didn't really like about this this doesn't really fit in this category but i was i got caught up in a lot of the politics part of it in the beginning when we meet the new attorney general and all that all that stuff that we're mm-hmm. seeing that the whole reason that this is happening is because somebody's mad at somebody for stepping down or whatever whatever like i don't i don't get that maybe i i mean that's just my, that's it's my a, stupidity too jess like i don't know i don't get it's a fight between the parts. old the old administration and the new it's between lbj's administration and nixon's administration yeah uh, i mean i get that that's i get that that is a necessity to this time period but i like this movie for it being people young people old people whoever it may be people with families dellinger's a boy scout leader it doesn't fucking matter he's literally a boy scout (laughs) yeah people have voices and they wanted to be heard and what when they turn to protests and they turn to the streets this is what happens um and we need to see that so that that's where i was like i don't really care about this but whatever um i'm gonna give i'm gonna give it like three and a half for the visuals what do you got uh jess I think they did a really good job of setting the scene to, what was it, the 60s. Um, so if you, mm-hmm. like, walk in the houses or see what people are wearing or, you know, when uh, they're outside and seeing everyone, it, it really does look like you're taking a step in time. I think the, the visuals that really stick out for me is, like, the, vi- the very violent scene, like the end of the movie, or when they were in that bar and then all the glass just shattered everywhere. Uh, mm-hmm. that was shot pretty well. And I think the first 20 minutes, honestly, was like a, re- like a really a fun part because it was just kind of zooming. Before you really know the entire plot of what's going on, like the music was just kind of fast and it was like zooming from scene to scene to scene. And I didn't know this was written by the Molly's game person, but it totally makes sense. Um, yeah, it feels like, like those, that's just... that stuff. So I, I would think that visual and sound is probably my strongest point so i want to give it a four yeah i i love uh his his yeah he does it a couple of times in the movie where it's like it builds really well the music builds well with what's going on and he's usually cutting between a couple things like later on when they're when they're marching the protest towards the hill it starts you know it starts building with the the courtroom they're talking about what happened then it cuts to show you what is what was happening uh on the actual day. It also is cut with little parts of Abby Hoffman's like little speech that gives like insights into the, the feelings and the ideas and then what everyone's sides are thinking about. And it keeps cutting between all these different parts. And I'm, this is part of like that plot part where like, I'm never lost. Like I, it feels like it's building up. Everything makes sense and it's building up. And when it hits, it's crescendo with the music. And it would like what Nicole said, cutting real footage with the movies things. That's just really good filmmaking. I love all that stuff. And, and it looks great and the music also made by the guy who composed Molly's Game uh, it all fits really well like it just flows so nicely um, the scene with Bobby Seal in the chains um, the it's real. It's real stark. Like when they take him out, everyone's silent. It's giving shots to everyone around the room, like looking like solemnly and like and just like real tense. All I like. Like, little I like how they him. shot like the audience, like the yeah. entire time, just seeing their reaction as the act was going on, like behind the doors. 
Yeah, and, yeah, and you see and hear like you know they're they're putting chains on them, they're they're roughing them up, they're putting the rag around, and that's one of the things I want to mention. Like real stuff and fake stuff, they mess with the timeline a little bit on certain things. Um, certain characters were were uh, altered slightly, like Richard Schultz, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, by accounts in real life, wasn't quite as sympathetic as this character version is portrayed. Uh, same with Tom Hayden's, his his real views were a little different than Eddie Redmayne portrays it. This really happened. This chained and put with a gag in his in the chair. I did not know that. Uh, I was like, this feels dramatized. And like later on, we'll get the punch from uh, from John Carroll Lynch, David Dellinger, because he's been the pacifist this whole time. That punch is dramatized. That he did not really punch a guy in this courtroom. Uh, but but Bobby Seal really was chained to his seat and gagged in the courtroom, and then that was you know part of what led his case to get uh thrown out separated from uh the other seven uh that is a that is a scene that is a gut punch you just wonder what he you don't even know it was coming like when he says take him in the other room and do what we have what do what you will or do what we need to i'm i'm like shuddering like what the hell are they gonna do to this guy and then to see it it's just crazy and you have to just watch everyone sit there and, like, not be able to do anything because of, you know, he's the judge. like And he's got the armed guards and, like, no one can do anything except just sit there and, like, just, oh, it's it's so, ooh, it's so striking. And that's another thing. It's like, I know, Nicole, some of your downsides of the movie have been not that, the, like, the Black Panther stuff doesn't matter or that the big government politics between, you know, the old and new administrations doesn't matter, but that... It's trying to do. It's basically trying to do all of that. Those two or three years of the '60s and early it's '70s. It's trying to in give us the movie. full. Yeah, it's yeah. trying to give us the full perspective of what these protests were and every single person involved. But it extends so much more out than this one particular case that it does, we can't yes. possibly get to all this. So let's let's give let's 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 take it down to this particular case if that's what we're trying to focus on. I think. I get that, and it's a totally. I I, I understand that. Um, I like having the other stuff. Just I guess I of the three of us seem to have more background knowledge of this event and others around it. Uh, like you guys might not know, but the guy at the beginning, uh, John Mitchell, who's the attorney general who wants all this bad shit to happen, the, the the guy in the office they meet at the beginning, he's part of the Watergate scandal. He's one of the guys who was who was actually convicted and spent served some prison time for Watergate. So for someone like me who like knows some of the background of like who these people are and like who Michael Keaton's character are and like the, the and Fred Hampton, uh, Kelvin G- uh, Carrison's junior character getting, getting killed, all of these things like add for me to like, uh, Oh yeah. Like in context, this makes even more sense. Now all this other stuff that's happening with just the protest itself. Um, visual and sound. It's, it's well, part of the reason the plot works so well is the really strong storytelling. I'm out of four or five. Um, but there is something I don't love in this movie because I've mostly only talked positively about it, and that is the f- very, very ending. I don't like the final thing they choose to do. It's actually not exactly how it went down in real life. They took some liberties uh, with who's speaking, um, but it ends with the five of the seven, the five main ones. Uh, they're getting their sentencing, and the judge is saying, "If you guy, if uh, you, Tom Hayden, who is the mouthpiece in this case in real life, it was." Uh, it was Dillinger who did most of the speaking. Uh, but it's you, Tom Hayden, if you keep this respectful and brief, uh, I will think about uh, giving you guys a more lenient sentence. And he even says, like, I could see you going on to be a productive member of society one day. And then we find out at the end he was, in fact, uh, a public public figure for many years to come. Uh, 
But his choice, uh, Tom Hayden's choice, is to read off the names of everyone who has been killed in Vietnam uh, since the trial began, which is a list of over 4,000 names. Uh, they bring it up throughout the movie uh, in little little snippets of, like, the, the one guy keeping track of all the names. And, you know, they're trying to remember what's this fight really about. You know, for different people, it's about different things. And, they you know, they have similar goals that align basically just against what what Vietnam War represents, but um, then yeah, we we get him reading it. the The courtroom stands up in and in, in solidarity. Even even Richard Schultz, the prosecutor, stands up. Uh, all the while, uh, the judge bangs his gavel like a petulant child. And uh, then we get uh, <laughs> then we get a couple words across the screen telling us what happened to some of the people. Abby Hoffman uh, later killed himself. Uh, Tom, uh, yeah, Tom Hayden became a public figure later on, uh, Rennie Davis, or no, sorry, Rennie Davis, Jerry Rubin became like a Wall Street guy, but he was killed in a car, uh, like got hit by a car, uh, so just, you know, we learned a couple of last things, um, and that's how the movie ends, um, probably missed some things in there, but that's, so that's the gist what's of your, it. what's your beef with it? Um, I don't like that. Or how that's, would, what how the, would you have ended it? I don't know how it ended it, I just finished this about an hour ago so i guess i haven't given enough time to <laughs> write a better ending i don't like the like just it, it's feel it, up until this point it feels like the best hollywood parts of hollywood it's very talky it's all about showcasing for the actors which is super hollywood it's slick like like you know 60s or gritty times like this is a kind of glossy showing of that uh and until that little thing at the end where he's reading off the names it feels like super Hollywood cliche ending. I don't like that. I don't like how like it feels like uh, like this is what it's been for this whole time. At the at the end, I can feel it being like uh, it just it's cheese. It's a cheese ending, and I don't like it. It's it hasn't felt like that till the end, and it's almost TV movie ish at the end, and that that's dis- a disappointing landing point for what's for the first two hours and five minutes was a great great cinematic ride. Um, but I don't know. What do you guys think of it? Uh, what's uh, Jess? What's your resonance and feel? Uh, this one's going to be hard for me because it was so overwhelming. Like I, I feel like I didn't feel. I just felt confused. I think is <laughs> um. That's a shame. I I, I I'm sorry about that. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not your fault, but I, I mean, I'm glad I watched it also because it's going to be in the Oscars and um, everyone's going to be talking about it. So I was having background knowledge. But it was just so overwhelming for me, and maybe it was just too much time in the courtroom, and I needed, like, more actions, and again, I I think going scene to scene was so fast, and I was like, wait, how did they get there, or like, well, how did that jump, or what time period is this? It was just too much for me, so this would probably be, I hate to put it my lowest, because I know it is everyone else's highest, but there has to be someone else like me who thinks that this is just over their head, so I'm I'm going to give it a 2-5. 6% of critics and uh, 6% of audience <laughs> scores were, would agree with you. So there you go. You, you've, got, you've got people. Other than 6% of critics are saying it's uh, it's too uh, like glossy whitewash because all of the main characters are you know white guys except for the one. But uh, that's a later argument, uh, well, Nicole. I mean, what, are you going to change the color of somebody's skin in the movie to make it a different person? Hey, Hamilton did it. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I don't we're know. We're talking it's, about that right now. It's, it's um, the story we're given, but whatever. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> um, I really, really like this. I like seeing the people that have decided to stand up for whatever they believe in and 
It is interesting, their choice at the end, because I really don't think that the majority of those people were doing this because of the people that were dying in Vietnam. I think that they were doing it because of um, the hold over uh, us from our government and overthrowing certain politics and things like that. I don't think it was anything... I don't think that they all had a collective reason as to why they were protesting it. And they, they show that throughout the whole movie they show that they all had different reasons of why they were going there um and you know it was only until some point where they all banded together um because abby and and uh the hell's the other guy's name eddie redmayne um didn't even don't you remember it we just watched it tom didn't even see yes (laughs) they didn't even see eye to eye for a good portion of this movie so it was an interesting choice we knew it had to come around full circle that the guy was writing the names all the whole time um but regardless of that i really did think that this was excellently acted and it gets the point across to how people were feeling during that time eerily similar to what's happening in our world today just shows that that things like this will always happen when there's opposing opinions and and you know people that say that these protests are for nothing uh take a look at these movies and see if you really think it was for nothing um so i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it a four um yeah this this is also my lowest still still a four it's still really strong because i think the themes uh come across really well and that's the thing is like by adding in the the government piece and the black panther piece along with just the general war protest and and also the protest of we we haven't really talked about but the protest was mostly at uh, an impotence because uh in 68 the democratic nominee was humphrey and he was not popular among uh especially the really radical uh left think of it as i don't know 2016 maybe if a, a super left candidate uh, doesn't get the nomination, and then his those supporters don't choose to support the eventual Democratic nominee. Uh, could be mm-hmm. could seen as something similar, perhaps. Um, and mm-hmm. so they, you know, that's that's a whole part of of, and that's a whole part of Tom and Abby's ideological battle. Is Abby refuses to buy into, like like Tom Tom wants the like. I, I want to win first and then try to adjust policy later to get to our goals. He's, he's, a, he's much more like working in the system. He's like, if we want to change things, we have to win and then we can change things. And he says, winning isn't like our definitions of winning isn't the same. I don't want to win with a compromise candidate. I, I, we like, this isn't acceptable. We need complete uh, extreme overhaul. So it's that clash of, they have this. They have the similar wants and goals, but their way of getting there is so different that it uh, it, it, it adds extra tension between the seven. Um, if it weren't for that ending, I would give this even like maybe a four or five, or you, it could even make it to the five. But uh, I, I I don't know what how how you want to end this, and they've already taken some liberties, so I don't know. I feel like there was something else that could have been done. Um, it's gonna stick with me though. Might revisit it. Could be showing up when we do our top fives at the end of the year, and I, I, I don't even know how many Oscars this will be nominated for, especially this year where there's so few, comp- the, the competition's so little. Like, hey, maybe this, this will win everything. This could get like 14 <laughs> nominations. I would not be surprised at all. It, like, it would not shock me at all if this got like a nomination in almost every category. Um, so that's yeah, that's that's our opinions on Trial of the Chicago Seven. Time to wrap it up with a nice bow. Uh, Nicole, are you recommending this movie? Yeah. Yeah, I think this was really good. I think a lot of people would benefit from watching this, too. Jess? So, I think I'm going to 
recommend it, and I'm actually going to try again. So maybe it, it was hard for me because, yeah, because usually I watch movies and pieces, <laughs> and I need a break, but I was running short on time between finishing this movie and recording it, so I was like, I had to just do it in one stretch. Maybe if I did my breaks, which I usually <laughs> done, I would have had like more stamina to finish you've gotten, it. <laughs> you've gotten used to your intermissions. It's uh, You can't watch movies the old-fashioned way anymore. <laughs> me and Jess are, are very similar in the fact that anything that says two hours and ten minutes is already intimidating to begin with. So <laughs> exactly. We already have one foot out the door, but this one in particular kind of kept me entranced in it so i i hope that you do try it again maybe you'll like it the second time <laughs> yeah I, I even i like i like i have uh i would say a higher attention span than, than the two of you but like i still also don't like and if it's over two hours it needs to be justified like it needs to have a reason to go over two hours or it has to just be so good that i'm enraptured and i think this hits both of those categories i really put you on just because you like molly's game and if you're ever gonna like another over two hour movie, I figured it'd be by the guy who made that. So I gave that's why I gave you the shot on this one. Uh, also, if Mama K was on, we would be talking about this probably for another hour. But uh, nothing wrong oh, with that. Definitely. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, we all have different styles and talking about things and different speeds at which we talk about it. Uh, it's three sounds like three recommends, kind of varying degrees, but three recommends nonetheless for Trial of the Chicago Seven. This will, I'm sure, come up later at the end, our end of your discussion. So if you haven't seen it and you just listen to that whole thing, I mean, it's a historical event, so it's not like you, spoilers. I mean, you could just look at any history thing and be spoiled for this. But uh, <laughs> it's a fun ride. Um, go check it out and uh, give it a rewatch, possibly in the future down the line. And uh, very relevant to today. That's enough talking about it. Uh, coming up, we have. Uh, we're sticking to our one review a week. We are uh, getting some things in the works, though, for another miniseries. Remember the Marvel miniseries we did? Well, we're going yeah, to do a Pirates of the Caribbean oh, miniseries. You were there. Wow. Yes. So uh, uh, all four of us are going to be on, at least for the first one, TBD on the uh, on the other ones. But we're going to be doing uh, some short, probably 20-ish minute episodes, since there's more of us on, on the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. That will be coming out probably sometime next week. Like we said, since we're only doing one regular review per week, we're trying some other small little little shows in here. And that's, that's going to be one of them. So uh, also, they're... One of the five isn't necessarily available for free, so we're still hammering out on what we're going to choose to do there. But uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, you like those movies? We're going to be doing some short reviews on those coming out probably next week. Uh, and in the meantime, if you have anything to recommend to us, we're still taking them. We're still compiling the list, you know. And once the year ends, it'll be back to January, February, March, and you know what we have to review in there. So it's not my uh, movies. <laughs> yeah, the Jess movies. Oh, although Lord. I don't even know if they'll even exist. I don't, yeah, I don't know what movies, but there is a Liam Neeson movie out right now, Jess. I know, uh, well, no, actually, you are near theaters right now, so I might go see that uh, maybe tomorrow or something. That looks terrible. Well, Regal so. shut down, so I have no uh, pass anymore. I know, you don't have the AMC. We're, Nicole and I are on the, the have the AMCs, and uh, yeah, well, in the meantime, if you have anything to recommend to us, like I was saying, Films with Women in My Life on Facebook, reach out to me on Instagram, Brennan underscore podhost. Always got tournaments going on right now as uh, a Blumhouse horror one, so go go check that out on my Instagram for more details. On Twitter at FilmswomenPod, and you can email the show with questions, comments, recommendations, and other things. Filmswiththewomen at gmail.com. Thank you guys for being on for the trial yeah. of the Chicago Thank you. 7 slash, slash 8. I mean, you know, it was, it was 8 for some of the time, but uh, subtitled movie. Till next time, this is Brendan signing off saying thanks for listening and enjoy your... Thank you.
Thanks for listening to Films with the Women in My Life. If you enjoyed being a listener in our life, please rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Keep up with the latest from the show on Instagram at Brennan underscore podhost, on Facebook at Films with the Women in My Life, and on Twitter at Films Women Pod. Finally, you can email the show with questions and suggestions at filmswiththewomen at gmail.com. Original music for the show was created by Ian Burke and Chris Iwanek. Original artwork created by Nicole D'Alessio. This show is produced by Brennan Snyder. Thank you again for listening and enjoy your movies.